Joshua, the first chapter, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, good. Let's just take a moment and look to the Lord once more. Father, as we turn our hearts to your word this morning, we pray that you would speak by your word, by your spirit, give us ears to hear and hearts that are responsive to all that you call us to do, that, Father, we may be determined as we hear from you this morning to go out from this place, bringing glory to your name by living and walking in the power of your spirit and in your word and your will. As you reveal it to us in scripture, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we read a moment ago in Joshua chapter 1, Verses 1 and 2, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. 
So we know that God spoke to Joshua as he spoke to many people in the Old Testament, and I suppose that we might wonder how. How did God speak to Joshua, commanding him to lead the people of Israel across the Jordan? And the simple answer here is we really don't know. Scripture doesn't say. Scripture doesn't tell us how God spoke to Joshua, so it's not particularly helpful for us to speculate about that. What we do know from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, is that long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But all that really tells us is that God has spoken. God has been speaking to his people ever since his people were his people. It doesn't tell us how that happened on all occasions. All it does tell us is that long ago, God was speaking. He was speaking to the people of Israel at Sinai, and he spoke audibly to them, giving them the law with a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. That's something we might want to consider when we think about hearing the voice of God. I can't think of a single case anywhere in Scripture where somebody heard God speak in an audible voice and was not completely terrified by the experience. Some of those other experiences as well. To others, he spoke by way of dreams and visions. To Abraham, he appeared in a human form, apparently, outside of his tent and spoke to him. But most of the time, all we know is what Hebrews 1 said. God spoke in many ways at various times. Now, in contrast to that, Exodus 33 tells us the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. In that interim between Moses coming down from the mountain with the book of the law of God and the tabernacle actually being completed, Moses used to set up a tent outside the camp. It was called the tent of meeting. And in case you ever wondered, is that the same as the tabernacle? No, it's not. The tabernacle was at the center of the camp so that God would be at the very heart and center of his people Israel, the tent of meeting where Moses used to go and where people would come out to speak to him and where God would speak to him, it was outside the camp. And Moses would go out there in the morning and the people would rise and turn and the cloud of fire and smoke that was the pillar that led the people through the wilderness would rise from above the camp and would go outside the camp and settle on the tent and God would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. But Joshua was there. And when God was finished speaking to Moses and the cloud would depart from the tent, and Moses turned again into the camp, we're told that his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man at that time, would not depart from the tent. He would stay in that place where God had met with Moses so recently, and where the presence of God and the voice of God had been manifest. And even when Moses was summoned to the mountain to receive the stone tablets, on which the Lord had engraved the Ten Commandments, Exodus 24 tells us, So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. 
So Joshua was not in the camp during the whole debacle around the golden calf and all that happened down there. As a matter of fact, later on we read that Moses is coming back down because God has told him the people that you brought up out of Egypt, a little humor there on God's part, the people that you brought up out of Egypt have now broken covenant. They've broken faith with me. Go down. And on his way down, he meets Joshua. And Joshua says, there's a sound of war in the camp. He doesn't know what's going on, obviously, because he was not in the camp. And Moses says, no, this is the sound of a party. So it appears that Joshua did not take up the mantle of Moses as a leader of God's people simply because he was a mighty warrior. We know that he was. That's the first place where we meet him in Scripture. As Israel is going from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai, the Amalekites begin to attack around the fringes, the stragglers of the camp. And Moses says to this young man, Joshua, put together an army and go out there and take care of those people. Moses or Joshua was a mighty warrior. But more importantly, as a leader of God's people, Joshua was a man of prayer. Joshua was a man whose delight it was to meditate day and night in the law of the Lord. He went out to that tent with Moses whenever Moses went there, and then he stayed. And it seems, in fact, that the only person whose company Joshua sought more than that of Moses was the company of the Lord God of Israel himself. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, after the 30-day funeral that's recorded for us at the end of Deuteronomy, after all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel, as it's referred to in Deuteronomy 34, it says in the final verse of that chapter, after all that, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. And Joshua knew what that meant. He had seen that land with his own eyes some 40 years before when Moses sent him along with 11 others into Canaan to spy out the countryside. And on that occasion, as you may remember, 10 of the 12 who participated in that scouting excursion came back and all they had to say was, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Besides, we saw there the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb, the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. What's more, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So Joshua was fully aware, now that he was 80 years old and standing on the east side of the Jordan, looking across the river into that land that God had promised, that this was not an invitation to a Sunday school, Sunday school picnic. But even 40 years before, when he had been part of that group of 12 who went out to spy up, out the land, he said, the land that we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. These are the words of Joshua and Caleb. 
If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Listen to what Joshua said on that occasion in Numbers chapter 14. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. How much it must have filled him with anticipation as he looked across that river and saw the land before them, and then God came to him and said, Go. Go and conquer that land. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. This was the promise of God going back 500 years. Now it's the promise of God to Joshua, and more still, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Just one more thing, Joshua. Trust me. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. God says to Joshua, there's a way into this land, a way to be sure that you will conquer it, a way to be sure that you're going to receive the inheritance that I promised to Abraham. And it's not a physical road through the fords of the Jordan. It's not a physical road up to Jericho and Ai and on to the other cities. It is found in my word. Do not turn from it. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. In fact, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Where we might have expected God to come to his general Joshua and to give some strategy tips, say this is how you're going to conquer the land, here's some things you can do with your armies, you can surround, you can divide and conquer. Instead, God just comes to him and says, you know what, you don't need strategy tips, you need my word. You need my law. Don't depart from it. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything that is written in it. For then, when you believe and obey my word, when you trust my promises more than you trust your own eyes, when you see giants, and instead of comparing them to your puny little self, you compare those giants to the living God, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And once more for good measure, verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you 
wherever you go. Let me read that one more time, because if do not be afraid is the most often repeated command in Scripture, and it is, then the reason why do not be afraid is the most often repeated command is because this is the most often repeated promise. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. We could apply that today just to the things that we see on the internet and the reports that we hear through the news and all of the things that are going on in the world around us because the world has changed a fair bit since Joshua's day, but God has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Don't look in despair on all of the things that are going on in the world around you. Just don't, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What that must have meant to an 80-year-old Joshua who was looking backwards 40 years to the time when he said, we can do this, people. We can take this land. God told us that he'll be with us, and if he's pleased with us, we can do it, and they would not listen. And he spent the next 40 years wandering around in the wilderness of Sinai watching his entire generation die. And now he's standing there on the east side of the Jordan. Only Caleb is left. And they're looking west to the land that had been promised about 500 years before to a wandering Aramean named Abram. And generations have lived and died in the meantime. But the word of God had never failed. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Isn't this his promise to us too? Every single year at about this time, we end up reading from Matthew chapter 1. That familiar old story, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. By the way, Jesus, Greek for Jesus, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew name Joshua. If you look at the book of Joshua in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament, it's the book of Jesus. And if you read the name of Jesus in the context of that, you understand Jesus is just the greater Joshua. It's the Greek form of his Hebrew name. You will call his name Jesus. You will call his name Joshua. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Jesus Christ, our Savior, 
is the ultimate fulfillment of that promise to Joseph, the husband of Mary, and the promises to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to all the people of God. The prophet and the evangelist said, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us, God with us. So if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, and that is the very thing which we will profess when we come to this table in just a few minutes, then truly the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You are in him and he is in you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And that's a good thing, too, because remember when that baby promised to Joseph in Bethlehem grew up? Sometimes we kind of forget at Christmas time that he's not the sweet little baby Jesus anymore. And he hasn't been for a very long time. He grew up and he gave himself for us and for our salvation on a Roman cross. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. And 40 days after that, he ascended and sat down at the right hand of God the Father. So far from that manger in Bethlehem as the infinite distance. He sat down at the right hand of the Father and he rules from there as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But just before he ascended, he said to his apostles and through them to his church, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. It's like he said to Joshua thousands of years before, now go. Take that land. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And if Joshua thought that the task that God had set before him was big. Well, this is bigger. This is way bigger. Joshua was sent to conquer Canaan with the power of the sword. The church of Jesus Christ is called to conquer the world, to make disciples of all the nations. Joshua was called to participate in military victories, we are called to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's a much larger task than Joshua was given, or Moses too. And still the greater Joshua, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. Our Savior reigns. I don't care what you see on the television or the internet. Our Savior reigns. Jesus Christ is King. So do not be frightened. Not by anything. And do not be dismayed for Emmanuel. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the promise of Advent. It's actually the promise of God. And God always keeps his promises. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. For Jesus, 
our Emmanuel has promised, I am with you always to the end of the age. May we pray. Father, as you called Joshua to his task and promised that he'd be able to fulfill it as long as he stayed true to your word because you would be with him and would not leave him or forsake him. Even so, our Savior, the greater Joshua, Jesus Christ, your Son, has called us to follow in his footsteps, to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep that same word that he has commanded us. And Father, we pray that as we go out from this place, especially at this season of the year when some people are thinking about Jesus who never ordinarily do, that, Lord, you would fill our mouths with praise and that, Father, you would fill our lives with the power of your Holy Spirit that we may so live and walk, that we may bear witness to the world that Jesus Christ is Savior and Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus Christ is King. Remind us as we go, Father, that he has promised to be with us always to the very end of the age, that we would never be frightened or dismayed, but know that he is in us and we are in him, even as we pray in his name. Amen.